0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Swans Big Footy Podcast and my name is Bonds. Joining me today we have Vaughn. Hello. And the champ making his return, Sir Swans. Yellow,
1: <laughs> how you going?
0: <laughs> well, we've given the champ his introduction that he requested. I personally wanted to call him the flog, but each to their own. We are coming off a interesting... Pretty good, I guess, win over the Suns, although a little bit disappointing with the injury to Kieran Jack. It did have some positives in the match, uh, most namely, I think, the performance of Sam Reed. Vaughn, what were your thoughts on the game?
2: Okay, um, first and foremost, it's a dull affair with no eye candy. We beat them in just about everything. If you look at the statistics, we just absolutely, even though like they could have gotten within nine points, it just didn't really feel like they were ever going to win the match. Um, I'm loving the Reid and Tippett setup. I think it's, I think it's really like I have to give Horse a lot of kudos because like probably a month ago I was just saying how he's not willing to change, he's being stagnant, but he really has to his credit um, kind of rejigged the forward line lately. So yeah, that T, te- uh, Teed. I was gonna call them Tippett and Reid, and I called them Teed without meaning to. Anyway, um, aside from that. I've really enjoyed Cunningham's game lately. He had three goals. He could have had two last week as well. So after I've like kind of bagged him out a bit for being afraid of the football, I have to apologize and say that he's been rather good. Um, Yeah, Kennedy and obviously Horny Fahini. Like I don't even need to go on about that. Buddy didn't really move well at all. Like I thought he was – he probably could have had a few more shots on goal than like what he actually did have because of umpires. But, no, he didn't really move well, but he's a pretty expensive decoy, but if he takes away the best defender, then, you know, that's that's great for Rowan and, and, and Brad and Jack, who has been wonderful. So thank you, Jack, for proving me right. And, yeah, it was just a pretty interesting game. Didn't take too much out of it. They were witches hats. I mean, Towers had a good game, so that's, that's the level of performance the Suns put up.
0: Okay, so that's one. Your thoughts on the game? I thought it
1: was um, a very dull game. The whole round had a re- weird feel about it any time I watched the football. it was just There was a patch there we were going about 33% by foot and they didn't seem to want to score a win. I mean, Charlie Dixon missed one from the goal square and it was just a, a very weird game. And I thought coming into three-quarter time, even though we're up by four goals and you, you never at any stage thought they were going to win. I think even when they got to 15, I never thought they would win but we needed to make a bit of a statement and to be fair in that last quarter, we did. I think Vaughn covered some of the better players quite well, which is, you know, well done, you're improving. Um, I think <laughs> <laughs> I think the one she left out, though, and I do go on about him a bit, is Tom Mitchell. I think, you know, 36 disposals and the 12 tackles and the, he's now hitting the scoreboard and involving other teammates. And I think he's stepped up and along with Kennedy being, and Hanabry, you know, formed a real nucleus in that midfield. And I know we're going to miss Jack. And we, we're definitely missing Parker as our best and fairest. But I think Mitchell's really <laughs> stepped up into that side and improved. Um, the Tippett reek. to that has been is allowing Tippett to have the better ruck forward time. Um, Brandon Jack, Yvonne you know, was right. He, he has come in and, and played no, well. No, no, wait, wait,
2: wait, wait. Say that again.
1: Brandon Jack's played well. Um, no,
2: no, say, say that again. Vaughn was
1: right. Say that again. Vaughn was finally right about something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I dis- I disagree a little bit on Buddy. I thought the fact that he pushed up the midfield and ran a bit, he moved better than the week before. I was a bit more optimistic about him compared to the game against whoever we played two weeks ago. Like,
0: Who the hell did we play last? St. Kilda.
1: St. Kilda, yes. He, did, he looked crippled there. But um, he moved better on the weekend. Jones, as well. There's a few people calling for him to be dropped, which I don't really get. I like what he's brought to the back line and he's allowed Shaw to move up the ground a little bit and play a lot better. I think Jones is established for the finals. Um, Rowan had a few desperate acts. Hopefully, he's fit. But the big story, I guess, is Kieran Jack's injury. So we'll see what happens there. The only negatives, I guess. um, Sorry, I forgot to mention Towers. Played a good game of football. Whoopie doo. Um, Surprises everybody. The. The weird, the weird player on the weekend, and he's had a great year. Was Laidler. I thought every time he went near it, he sort of infringed or spoiled a teammate. I thought he had a little bit of an off game. I know he's a
2: shit game. Look, all right, just... didn't he fumble the ball and then like pick it up and then kick it out on the full with no pressure? Yeah, in it
1: was the just third a, it was yeah. a weird game. I, he might I know there was a wedding before the game, maybe he was distracted or got on the juice or something, but I, I, I don't know. He had a <laughs> he had a weird game, but yeah, I. It wasn't anything to write home about, and I think people need to be... I know, I know I'm being negative, and some people don't like that, but you need to be a little bit wary before you piss your pants about beating a Gold Coast Suns team, missing the players they're missing. Um, we did what we should have done, and we did all we could have done in the end, but let's temper that with what we've done in the past and, and keep some perspective, I think.
0: Uh, two players I do want to talk about. Um, we Vaughn did lightly touch on um, Sam Reed earlier on. I think he's really... Coming to his own recently (laughs) since we've moved him back to the forward line is, yes, his kicking is still fairly erratic at times, but with both Tippett and Franklin taking players away from him, he's finally getting a run at the ball and really showing what he can do with his hands and has become a really important member of the team. So, well done, Sam Reid. I doubted him a little bit earlier in the year, and I'll give you a polite round of applause. Uh, Reece Shaw... I've called you a flog and sworn at you on so many occasions. You've improved a little bit. Well done. The He's improved pl- a lot. Let's be honest. Yeah, we all bagged the shit knows. out of him. And no, no, no. You guys. guys
2: all bagged the shit out of him.
1: But the people I with the footy brains. Yeah. He did, but he deserved it. He was rubbish for half a year. Let's not be around the bush. But he's changed his game. He's moved like a little said, bit further. Like it's,
2: said, it's, it's like Gold Coast and St Kilda and like average teams. I don't know. Like the form of the players recently have been good, but, you know, i trace
1: Shaw's form back, though, to even the Hawks and Eagles losses. I think yeah, since then he's had a good second half of the year.
0: He was good in the Hawks loss, unfortunately. <laughs> um, on top it takes top game off. One player I do want to talk about is season performance and he's been brilliant. He is right up there in the Coach Association boats and we'll find out on AFL three sixty whether he's won that or not is Dan Hanbury. Um he's had a brilliant year, he's really gone strength to strength, and I think he could be right up there in Brownlow contention. It'll be interesting to see, um, if the coaches give him any votes tomorrow night as he um had um a few interesting performances on the weekend. Um he I felt he had a stronger performance than Mitchell. I know a lot of people were giving Mitchell or Kennedy more votes than Hannibury, but Um, Mitchell, I think, butchered the ball a little bit at times and Hanabree still used it fairly effectively by foot and not to mention 16 contested possessions, which was more to Mitchell in the end and 16 clearances, which was more to Mitchell for Les Klangers, shows a really strong game. I think he is pretty much guaranteed to win our best and fairest this year and has probably had his season best year. What have your thoughts been on Hanabree so far? Vaughn?
2: Um, I think that I don't know, like just just about winning the a like the coaches um association award. I don't know. I don't think he'll get the votes. I think he'll get like three and three and like end up on six or something. If
0: like I don't up on know. I, I have five. to disagree.
2: I actually thought Mitchell had a better game than Hanover. Like I know the numbers probably don't say that, but I just felt like Mitchell's influence with his handballs was more than. Hanbury's kicking like Hannabury's kicking was really good in that game and this is wonderful because I've started calling him clangers but um no I thought uh, like you know if he wins it I think he deserves it because Fires really dropped off after injury but um yeah I do not playing <laughs> no but like even when he started to get injured
1: yeah after Sam Mitchell kneed him in the thigh or whatever it was hmm um yeah, I think so by the time this podcast is uploaded and we know that the result for the last four days of Hanabry and the Coaches Association Award, um, you know either congratulations or commiserations, Dan, depending on how you went. Um, I don't think you'll win it because I actually do agree with one. I think Tom Mitchell was best on ground. I think in the first half there were two players. I remember thinking as we were going into a bit of a daze, only Tom Mitchell and Gary Rowan seemed to give a shit about this game and I think Hanabry was one of the players who did drift off, so even though he, had, he did have a good game, vote-worthy, but I don't know he'll get the votes to get the award. And Fife probably does deserve it for the year overall. But Hanover should win our best and fairest. I think um, he had a little bit of a lazy patch after his contract, maybe, if we're marking him harshly. And his ability to hit opposition for, you know, opposition players lace out on the tip is a little bit frustrating at times for me. But because I, but I mark him pretty hard because he's sort of ragged up there as an elite midfielder. And I think his disposal lets him down. But... He's clearly one of our better midfielders and he's um, a key to what we do in September. I think he's had a great year. Him or Kennedy should win the best of fairest. I think we tend to forget what Kennedy brings to the table because he does it year after year. So he'd be another shot at the best of fairest as well, I think.
0: Okay, I'm going into this weekend then. Um, if you Okay, let's say Tom Mitchell's best on ground. Hannibal only needs two threes to tie the Coaches Association Award and be equal joint winner. Or a four and a three to win it outright. Do you guys think he I would have laugh so
2: hard if Horse gives him a five.
0: I really hope Horse gives him a five. Well, well Horse
1: is not going to give Mitchell a five <laughs> or a four or a three. <laughs> Horse
2: will probably delist him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Drop it. So maybe Henry will win, but I don't think a Suns player is going to get a vote. I can't think of one. who would. I mean, Aaron Hall was all right, so he might get the one. Sam reed has got to get votes, I would have thought. And Tippett. Kennedy, Mitchell, Hanabry, Tippett. Tippin' Towers are the – Dean Towers could cost Daniel Hanabry an award and who would have thought that going into any game of football? That's actually – fuck, I I just don't like Towers.
0: (laughs) Not many people do.
2: Like I'm sure he's a nice guy and, you know, if I saw him out and about, I'd be like, good on you, but just as a footballer, no. just does things that frustrates me. Like, he constantly shows glimpses in games that mean nothing with no opponents around him. But then the week later, against actual opposition and an actual opponent, yeah, he doesn't do anything.
0: Okay, now going on to... We've got a fairly important game this week. Uh, I, I'd say it's up there. Qualifying final against Fremantle. Do you guys... What chances do you guys give us? Just ones?
2: His audio is gone, skis.
0: Okay, Vaughn. Bon.
2: Um, well, like I said, I give us a pretty good chance. Um, I I honestly believe that form is one thing that you should not play play around with. I don't think that form is something you can just flick on whenever you want to. It's it's just illogical to think that automatically fielding your best side, you know, bringing back Ballantyne, Fife, all of these gun players after giving them time to freshen off, considering they were in shit form before. Um, yeah, I just think that it's it's stupid to think that they're going to win based off that. Like, a lot of people are saying Fremantle are going to win it because they have the fresher legs. But, like, in my opinion, if you look back at all of the previous grand final winners, they are all teams who have had quite intense matches. Like, we had a relatively easy game against North Melbourne last year in prelim, whereas Hawthorne had a tough game. And I don't know. Like, I just personally... I've never rated Frio. I will continue to not rate Frio. I think Sydney will win by four points. I just think we're more settled. I think we're actually kicking goals. I don't... They've been so average. Even their wins earlier this year, to get them on top of the ladder, have been against sides that three out of the six were in bottom eight teams. Yeah, I don't know. They just that aren't
0: that scary to me. So one. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: Well, to, I guess to play devil's advocate, why not make the show interesting? Um, so Frio have been average all year to finish top of the ladder. Doesn't really make much sense in a way. I know it was only by four points in the end, but they've been there longer than any other team since Essendon in 2000, I believe. Um, so they, they must've been all right at some stage during the year. Uh, and, there's actually, we have a worse record against the top eight than Frio, I think, from memory. Well, who have we beaten this year? I know we beat Hawthorne around eight. We played well, but we could have easily lost that. Apart from that, we lost to Frio. We lost to West Coast. We lost to the Dogs. We lost to Richmond. We beat North and Adelaide, but we've, it's, it's arguably the two shakiest sides in the top four playing each other, but it just, to me, this week depends on how much the last month has improved this side, and we, we've played witches Hats, but are we now back in form? Are we confident? Is Sam Reed going to take those marks against good opposition? Is Kurt Tippett going to fire against Aaron Sandlins and against a good side? I don't and I don't know the answer. Um, I agree with Vaughn in the sense that I actually never rated Freo and I'm surprised they finished top, but I don't think we can take away from that and dismiss the home ground advantage too easily. Um, it'll be tough. But, yeah, I keep changing my mind. I'm not sure how to go with it. My heart says Sydney, but my head says... You finish top, you, your players are fresh, you get Fife back if he's fit, you're probably the favourite. And I think it'll be tough for Sydney to win there without Jack and without Parker. Um, I think Frio by six, logically, but I, I definitely can see a scenario where we do win. But if we lose, I think we're not going to win the grand final. So we need to win this game. I think
2: maybe it's going to sound a little bit hypothetical given what I just said, but I don't think it's as simplistic as saying that, you know, Fremantle have beaten X amount more top eight teams than us or they finished first. Like, I just feel like if you... Like, obviously, yes, they won. You know, they're obviously a good side. They wouldn't finish first if they didn't, but it's just the manner in which they're playing recently. I I don't care. Like, a lot of people have been going on about round four or something, and and I just don't understand how you can even draw any kind of logical comparison to round four because we're such different teams. But anyway, the point for me that says, that makes me say that I think Sydney are going to win, like I'm not saying that that we're favourites or anything, but I think we're probably going to have a very, very good chance only because Fremantle have, especially in the past month, kind of gone backwards it's not as though like you know like when people talk about pacing for finals maybe they like put their foot on a pedal for two quarters and then coast that's kind of what they were doing earlier in the year and they were a lot better then but now they just really haven't in the past few months in the past months sorry they just yeah they don't look like a team that's constantly in control of a game they just they just look like a team that's you know played too hard in the first eight weeks or something. So the only reason why I think that Sydney are much a better chance of winning a flag even than Fremantle is because we've shown that even if it was against Witches Hats, that we actually can kick over 100 goals. We have made this conscious effort to change our attacks, whereas Freo have done nothing this past year to show me that they've tried to change their game plan or do anything differently
1: yeah I certainly agree with a lot of what you're saying and that's the reason why you sort of think Sydney can win. Mean, I guess the biggest issues I have with when I think about not tipping us are at the main Stadium. I think that does make a difference. I think they are a lot Fremantle are a lot better there and it's a, it's a pretty hard road trip. And I think the fact that Jack and Parker are out, McVeigh and Smith if they play are a bit iffy. Rowan's a little bit iffy. do we play McGlynn? do we even bring a Craig Berg? But there's just a few concerns there. Um, and that's there the negatives I can see. On the flip side, as you say, I think Freeman. Or I'm still surprised they did get to first. Uh, I don't know. I'm wary about taking away from it, but it's, it's Fife's a, a gun. He's obviously a contender for one of the best players in the competition, which I still think is Gary Ablett when he's fit. But oh, I think – Oh, in all seriousness, the <laughs> Heaney will get there, but Ablett's – He's one. Unfortunately. Sorry, but he is um, – I just think that they drop off a little bit in the bottom six. But, yeah, it's weird. I think that right now, gun to my head, if you ask me to pick a flag favourite, I I think they're playing in the other half of the draw. I think it's one of those two teams. But I think there's a lot to play. If we win this week and get that home prelim, we're cherry right. But you could just, yeah, I don't think we want to lose this one and have to play three weeks in a row and potentially go to Perth again. It just looks a very daunting path if we lose and West Coast win this week. So it's a must win and a good start fighter. We can't afford that awful start we got against them. And I know that's harking back to round four, but that's just the example. We've had too many quarters of one goal or zero goals this year. We need to be fit firing and go out and hit them hard because I think Freo are the sort of side that might duck their heads and think, here we go, because there's a lot of pressure on that team to finally deliver. They've been up for a little while. We've delivered in the past and they haven't. So pressure's on them, I think.
0: I agree, I do believe the pressure is on Fremantle this week, and I think that does play into our hands a little bit. I do like our form coming into the game, yes, we have been against relatively easy opposition recently, but I do think that I do like our form going in, I think we have run ourselves into a bit of form, and as Vaughn touched on before, the most important thing is we have actually started scoring. And that's really important with us going in the finals. Like, I know I don't rate Frio. I, I don't get what it is, and I'll probably shoot myself in the foot saying this, but I know, I think they've been a really inconsistent team for a team that's finished on top of the table this year. They haven't really gone out and dominated a game. So they've shut off on corners in corners like us, and... I'm really surprised that it wasn't West Coast that finished on top of the table. Then again, West Coast did drop a couple of pretty bad games in the air When really was the out. last
2: game that you guys thought Fremantle were in complete control of? I'm not fighting for the shits and gigs. I'm genuinely curious. Was
1: well, last week against Melbourne, but again, that's been witches. Fremantle.
2: Didn't Fremantle lose to Port Adelaide?
1: Their, I said their last game win against Melbourne. Oh, sorry.
0: (laughs) Like, they've lost three out of their last four matches now. And even then, like... Yeah, they have. And even then, like, their wins before that were a somewhat shaky performance against St. Kilda, where St. Kilda actually put up a bit of a fight. You had a victory of only 21 points over GWS.
2: What about the good sides? Like, is the last really good game they had... Was the four West point Coast win? Game?
0: They lost against West Coast.
2: No, probably but I mean even earlier.
0: Maybe uh, the four point win points. against Richmond.
2: Collingwood seven points. That's a pretty bad effort.
0: They only I'm beat probably Carlton probably. by forty five.
1: They've had a pretty easy run when you look at their draw. Yeah, right?
0: and they haven't exactly been dominating teams. They got destroyed by Hawthorn, something awful.
1: Look, let me say this: like for all the negative things I brought up. If Sydney play at their best and Fremantle play at their best, I'm 100% confident that Sydney win the game.
2: Are you My, partially bipolar? You literally just <laughs> said that Fremantle are going to win by seven.
1: But No, but what I'm saying is not at one stage of this year. I've Every time we play a good side, we have not played at our best, and that's what I'm tempering it against. Logic, to me, suggests the team that finishes on top and gets there other team that are gonna come out with bring their players in and beat the side that's struggling with injuries, that's just what history suggests. I can we defy it, yeah, but I'm not I'm tempering that with my natural bias towards my own side. If I was awesome. in part Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> my sec my second team, the Swans, that I'm here to talk about I'll just do the Hawks podcast after this. But I think I think we're a better team than Fremantle, but at, looking at our year, when have we actually played our best apart from the last month against rubbish teams? We got smashed against West Coast. We got smashed against Hawthorne. Fremantle. We did come back. I know that's round four, but they made us look rubbish. We threw away our halftime lead to Richmond. The Dogs beat us because we kept kicking it to them. We've just we against Geelong a few weeks ago. We were god ordinary. We played some terrible football this year. So, so I don't know. We've had a, a woeful game plan at times. We have changed it the last few weeks. We've got some form. Are we going to carry that on? That's the question mark. And I think. I think we can, but I hope we can. I don't know. But I think, I guess i tip man Fremantle maybe in the hope that I, I jinx them and we win. But it should be, yeah, interesting game.
0: I really Who think in- that Longmire has actually really timed our run well this year. We've been inconsistent in patches, but we've been looking, and we've had an easy run in the last few weeks. Like, there's no doubting that. But we have looked a lot better in recent times. And I really think Longmire and their coaching staff have tried to time our run a lot better than we did last year and try to hit peak form at the right time of the year?
1: I think the main thing is we've had a fit, fit Mike Pike the last few weeks, which has given Tippett the right ruck balance and Tip and a fit Tippett, but he now he can play forward and ruck the correct balance because Pike can do his job and Sam Reed's confidence and form's been up and about and the buddy injury's been a blessing in disguise in a way because we've had to find other avenues to go and the spread of goal kickers... In the last month or so, even now, Buddy's back in and half fit's been better than at any stage this year. So maybe we've got the dearest ever decoy for a final series in the history of the game. I know on the couch tonight, I reckon Buddy would have to have a two thousand eight type final series for us to win the flag. But I almost disagree, and I think he almost has to play up the ground and play further in that role for us to win the premiership, is my opinion, and kick a few less goals than last year's final series. But what we'll see.
0: I agree. I think. um, for us to win the flag this year, we need to have a spread of goal kickers, at least eight a game, and for Franklin to kick no more than two or three.
1: Who do you guys think is the, the key swan then for a premiership? Who's the, who's the main person who jumps out if we're to win? Who's... Kurt Tippett. Yep, I agree.
0: Straight away. Like His form in the last month has been superb. He can play in the ruck, he can play up forward. He gives us a contest around the ground. He can get clearances from when playing in the ruck. Apart from that, I think the next most important player for us would actually probably be Daniel Hannabry. still. Statistically, when he's gotten a lot of disposals for us, we've usually won the game. If he has a quiet one, we lose. I'll
1: throw one more in there, and I would say Heath Grundy would be our next, because his reading of the play... And rampy a little bit saves our ass so many times down that back line and that'll be vital against the best sides. But I agree, tip it. There's no ruck forward at the moment who's doing it better than him in the last two months, I would say.
2: Also, I was actually um I was actually sorry. I was actually like uh, for, the you
1: past... Shush.
2: for the past few weeks I've kind of been wondering if okay, I know this is gonna sound absolutely crazy. Well actually I'm gonna say two crazy things. Uh. Firstly <laughs> Alright, strap your Okay, calm down guys, get ready for
1: this Drum roll That
2: was terrible Um, I'm Ooh. wondering if uh, Buddy really does Add anything to our team Like, le- okay, let me just Explain this before you all like start crying I feel like obviously After we won the flag We went out with the intention to get Tippet Because he obviously filled that forward roll Buddy approached us And it was kind of like, I almost feel like getting him kind of messed up our plans. Because if you think about it like this, if we were to take Buddy out of this team right now, obviously it wouldn't be as exciting or as whatever, but we'd probably have a a key position defender. And also, maybe not necessarily Mumford, but we'd have a better Ruckman. I just feel like as much as I absolutely love Buddy, and he's so good, and he definitely improves the team, like that's... It ridiculous. I just don't think that we really needed a player like him and maybe getting him actually kind of, not hampered, but, you know, kind of changed our plans a little bit. Because if you have a look at how Tippett has been going, Tippett-Reed combination, I'm confident that's what we wanted to do before Buddy approached us.
0: I agree so. to some extent. I think it did change our plans. I, uh, I don't... Uh, Agree that he doesn't add anything
2: to us, though. Like, well, he, no, obviously he does add a lot to it to any team. Like his buddy Franklin, he adds so much. But I just don't think what he adds is what we were missing.
1: A, I, I, I get where you're coming from. I mean, with Tippett firing, Reed firing, it's like, gee, could we swap him that cap room out for that defender we need and that better ruckman and and so on? But I think go back a f- couple of months, we we're probably having the opposite sort of thoughts and thinking well gee do we need to tip it because Buddy's up firing it's just who's I, who's I would have preferred a tip it to a Buddy
2: like I know that sounds a bit crazy but
1: no I, I honestly can see where you're coming from but I think last year especially Buddy won games off his own boot to, and drag to, there was an element of him dragging us re- to that grand final it and re- I think but this like year, at
2: what cost like you know it pushed out Okay. It pushed out a fair bit of death that would have depth well, that would have helped us. In the here's grand final. the thing:
0: if we're in grand final day, prelim final day, and Buddy's playing up the ground and suddenly turns us on, turns it on, he can <laughs> win a game. <laughs> of, he can win a game off his own boot.
2: That's fine, but you have to get to grand final day.
0: The I, other I thing, I thing think the rest of our team squad team can but get but there. Brandy
1: and Richards don't have to play against you. <laughs> And get carved up.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I agree. I think getting Buddy has been a good thing for our team. Still, like if we had the use
1: I think Vaughn's right to a point. I think John Longmire has been given two gun forwards, and I'm going to say Tippett's a gun at his best. I know some people think he's a spud on the the opposition, but whatever. And I don't think we played a game plan that suited that suited the players we had. I think it was we tried to tack them into a 2012 game style and misused him, but. Buddy is one of the most talented players that are in the game and he needs to be incorporated into the coaching style effectively. And that means some weeks he's going to kick one goal. Some weeks, yeah, he's going to grab the ball and kick seven and win you the game. But we can't just kick it to him every bloody time at the expense of a Kurt Tippett or a Sam Reed. We need to have a good balance. We need to I think we kick just targets think... and rotate them around. And that's what he's done the last few weeks because he's been forced to. If he's got a fit buddy, will he keep doing it? I guess is the if question. We've,
0: if we've got a fit buddy, we play him further up the field. That's the ideal position for him. You play him off the wing, streaming up forward, and that's his ideal position, probably off almost off a half forward flank or a leading centre half. He'll
2: yeah. take the best. He'll take the best. Like, obviously, he'll take McFarlane, take him up the ground, get him out of the forward 50, which obviously helps Tippett and is read,
0: worth
1: And, in gold. you know,
2: he's a, he's a pretty bloody expensive decoy.
1: I don't think. Um... But he is a good kick into the 450. He's one of the No, best. he
2: is. He definitely is. I just – look, I love Buddy in the team. I obviously think he adds a lot because he's Buddy Franklin. But I just think it was pretty obvious that it wasn't in our plans to actually pick him up if he didn't come to us is kind of what I'm getting at. I just – No, I agree. Yeah.
1: I, I think it's just been – he's been misused at times, I think, the combination. and But but they've, we've rarely had Tippett and Buddy feared at the same time in the two years to get the combination right. And even then Reid got injured at times. Can I say
2: my, sorry, can I say my second shocking thing that you guys are going to think is crazy?
0: Is it Grundy for all Australian? No. No, I think that's possible.
2: Is it Chalice
0: for
1: all Australian?
2: (laughs) No, no, never. That's just never going to happen. I'm wondering if we're a, no, that's definitely going to happen. I'm wondering if we're a better team with Luke out.
0: (laughs) No. Um, really though, no?
2: because like no. I love Luke. His clearance work is so good. His inside work is fantastic. He's he's the love of my life. I cannot look. I don't have to say anything because like you know how I feel about him. But his disposal efficiency before he got injured was so appalling, and I just feel like our midfield has gotten a bit
0: better. I, still I don't think, know. A better I I'd rather I have, be
1: better with only two of Parker Mitchell and Kennedy. I, I think the that's the case. Time.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's the case. I think if. Parker comes back, we'd be playing him predominantly off a half-forward flank or in the forward line and rotating him through the midfield. I, I think that would be his ideal position going forward for us at the moment, as he does give us a good forward option.
2: I just think we have, well, he, except for the bit where he can't kick, um, I just think that we have a better balance at the moment. And it doesn't necessarily have to be Luke. It's like any of our midfielders have a terrible disposal. Like have they have a terrible kick. It doesn't necessarily have to be Luke. But I guess we'll feel it a bit more with Kieran out as well. But yeah, I don't know. Like I just felt like obviously our midfield, there's like there's such good players and all of this stuff. But I don't know, without Luke in it, it just seems a bit more accurate or quicker or more attacking or something. I don't know. Less handballs.
1: Yep, that's true. But I think it's come down to the way we're playing and probably the tippet and pike being fit in the ruck a little bit as well has helped that. But yeah, I think it's more that if you're at a centre bounce, you can't have Parker, Mitchell and Kennedy all in the one centre bounce. I think one of them has got to be pushing forward or on the bench at any one time. But I think there's definitely a spot. I guess the big question for our final series is Kieran Jack and Luke Parker, do they play any part in it? Is, is the question. And if Jack can't come back until grand final day, you'd have to say, almost put a line through him.
0: You you oh, play, it's... if Kieran Jack was fit come grand final day, you'd play him even as a sub.
1: So the sides won either two, won two finals, either and lost none or lost one, worst case, got to the grand final and we rushed Kieran Jack back in and cut someone who's got us You there. take the risk. Take I don't risk. think I'd risk it. I don't think he's been that good to risk him.
0: Uh, I'd risk it. Parker, I'd be more I'm,
1: tempted to risk than I'm,
2: I think, I personally like stability going into finals. You I too. still remember that stat in 2005. Are you trying to flirt with me? I still remember what? that stat. <laughs> You're just agreeing with me today. You're saying I'm right and, and all of this stuff. Um. Anyway.
1: You be right.
2: <laughs> no, let's talk about the actual game. Match up, guys. Who's going to take five?
0: Um... Hanabry head-to-head. Yeah? I think if Fife's form hasn't been brilliant recently and... He hasn't played. He hasn't played, but even before then, since the Corky, he won't be at 100%. They're going to probably want to put a pretty hard tag on Hanabry. If we can free up Hanabry, I'd almost back him in a head-to-head against Fife this weekend.
1: Well, Ross Lyon's going to tag Hanabry, so you may as well go bugger it, go to run to Fife. Kick him in the shins. <laughs> do something like that. I don't know. Unless Craig Bird's ready to come in and be an elite tagger, I think it's it's Hanovery.
2: How do you guys feel about... I don't know, like...
1: Oh, potentially right Tom Is, How do you guys
2: feel about Benny coming in and tagging
1: Fife? I'd be I don't think Benny up. can go with Fife. He's too short and he's not quick enough. Benny's quick enough. He's just not I think he's enough. quick enough. Not like, I, enough. He's not strong enough.
2: Yeah, I don't think he's... like that like he's probably too short but he's done really good jobs on Hodge and Selwood as before and if we bring Ben back which I'm presumingly will I feel like we have a very good forward line balance right now I don't I almost don't want to alter that or change that at all so it's like do you play him in the midfield like what do you do with him like I'd be tempted to say why not
1: we, I, I just think Fife's too tall and too strong overhead for McGlynn. I get McGlynn can go to him and annoy the shit out of him for a half if he, I guess, could work like a, he did against Mitchell around eight. but yeah,
0: I, I can see where Vaughn's coming from here. If you have, let's say, McGlynn following him around in the midfield and when Fife rests up forward, you throw a Rampy at him, I can see mm-hmm. that working. But um, Rampy it has to would also
2: bit. force him to be accountable as well because he can pop up and kick goals. So that would force five to yeah. actually...
0: The reason I was recommending Hannibal is because it would really force Five to be on the defensive and it will free up one of our key options. Like, I honestly think if Hannibal gets 25 disposals this weekend, we win. That's just. He is unusual. I was reading Sad a while ago. When he gets 20, I think, two or more possessions, we win, I think it's like eight out of every ten matches. Whilst if he gets less than that, we're winning a ridiculously low amount. He's a bit of a barometer for our side, and I think if we can free him up by playing him head to head with Fife, that's free a bit him up by Taggy. <laughs> well, it's not. I don't reckon he'll need to do a heavy tag. Yeah, Fife will get a bit of the ball, but if he's coming off an injury and I don't reckon he'll be at fully at full fitness, I reckon Hanbury will do more damage.
1: I think we've got to presume Fife's right and could have played if it was finals or so on. I think they're playing a bit of ducks and drakes over there, so I don't don't really care about the fitness level. But I think Hanbury's a good matchup because otherwise Ross Lyon's gonna tag Hanbury anyway, I think. Though he hasn't got Ryan Crowley available, I guess. But the other crazy one, and I I think I don't think this will happen, and I think you probably disagree with me, there is one player on our list who could go with Fife and probably outshine him, and that's um Isaac Heaney, who's clearly better overhead and Super talented, but that's sort of like throwing a nuclear bomb at someone with a <laughs> slingshot, I guess.
0: <laughs> no, I think he could. We, we, could we, we want to beat Fremantle this weekend. We want to beat Fremantle this weekend. We don't want to humiliate them.
1: Yeah, that's
2: We true. don't want to destroy the whole entire city of Perth. <laughs> um, I get where you're coming from, but I honestly just feel like Haney has kicked four goals last week and he has kicked, what, three goals this week. We have been whinging so much about our inability to find a small forward. I think it would be silly to move someone who has kicked seven goals in the last two weeks into the midfield where we have ample midfield options.
1: So going on from that idea then, do we just play Fife with a strong midfield matchup at every contest and play our game that we've been playing? That's correct. Let's not spoil what we've been doing. Let's go out, let's attack. Yes, okay, we're not going to let Fife run around and get 40 on his own, but we don't have to have someone shoulder to shoulder all game pick up your man, play our game and make or chase us. Bugger this. Because as you say, he's been out for three or four weeks. Maybe isn't that fit. Let's let's make free worry about what we're doing more than we worry about this. Because we're talking 5-5-5, five, 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 but there's still Mundy. There's Hill with his pace. There's Barlow. There's Neil. I mean, they need a bit of attention. Fife does butcher the ball. We criticise our own midfield. Fife's one of the worst kicks in the AFL. It's let's face so it. terrible. So let's go out there. Let's blow them off the park and, you know, Kill them and then piss on the ashes. I Good like plan. that. Plan. When do we
2: enforce that?
1: <laughs> Go to. The thing Wait, I let's love about the podcast is their their like, we're
2: thinking strategies and matchups, and it's like, this is probably more effort than what Horst puts into coaching.
1: You don't think he's taking notes? Is it any coincidence that we've been winning games while the podcast isn't on, and we've just come back on the eve of the final? <laughs> no, I
2: have, we've actually been, like, ever since we stopped the podcast, we've been losing games.
1: Okay. That's right.
2: No no, actually, like Hawthorne, West Coast. That period when I was overseas, we didn't have a podcast, and this one's got demolished.
0: True. Maybe we're good luck. Look, um wh- who are your ins and outs this weekend, Vaughn?
2: Um yeah, Towers Chow. Um
0: Jack Chow.
2: Oh yeah, Jack. Sadly Chow. Um um sorry, I'm like a bit brain dead. Who's McGlinian? Yeah, yeah, him McVeigh, so, come back to me.
1: <laughs> well, I think you've got McVeigh for Jack, the obvious swap, captain for captain, and we need that pointing in a the final. There's no one who can point that well in a final. And so Let's you bring be in your...
2: honest, Jack is probably more effective as a captain out of the team than he is in the team. Like, he's a pretty poor captain.
1: Jack's, you know, we've already got, we've got another Jack anyway, so we can get one Jack off and have McVeigh in. in for Jack. McGlynn? I'm not sure about McGlynn. So you want to for... jack off? Is that what no. you're saying? <laughs> After the show, <laughs> um, no. So yeah, jack off, <laughs> jack off, McGlinn. <laughs> um, no, Jack. I don't know about McGlynn. And, and I want to know about Rowan's fitness too. Because if Rowan's not fit, maybe Dean Towers actually. Rowan's been
0: declared fully fit. for this week?
1: Oh, sorry. Okay, Rowan, Rowan stays. So I think Jack out for McVeigh. Smith comes in. Um, I think. Well, Lloyd was next out, but I think Lloyd stays ahead of Towers just purely for the body of work, and they're my two changes. I think I We're don't bring McLean in. Yeah, Lloyd. Um, Who did I say Towers? Oh, you think, so
2: you wouldn't bring you wouldn't bring Ben in?
1: No. Why not? I think. Well, we've been we've just talked about how well we've been playing. He's not fully fit. Every time he comes back from injury, he's usually. Average, and he's only played seven quite games. quite
2: good. For the... don't, like, in my memory, he's quite good when he comes back.
0: Yeah, I mean. he's been good this year McGlynn when he's played. The issue is when he's played, and if he can he's last four games. He's played
1: seven games, he's 30 years old, and he butchers the ball. We've got enough people to yeah, butcher but the Yeah, but I ball. don't think
2: it's a coincidence that, like, when he did play, that we had, like, he's just a very good kicker of football going into the 50.
0: Uh, not not I actually have to agree with ones I think he needs another week. Oh, we don't got no reserves over.
1: I wouldn't be. I'm not. If the side name him on Thursday, I'm not going to be railing against them. I mean, not that you can do anything anyway. I'm not even going to whinge about it. But I just personally would think Smith in, if he's fit. McVeigh in. Jack goes out and Towers goes out, and I take the team because who else do you want to drop for McGlynn?
0: I agree. Uh, Lloyd. Lloyd.
1: But then, and then if you do that, I would think about that. But I'd make McGlynn the sub probably. I know you, you were keen on Goods as sub. I think and I saw the merit in that. But Horses isn't going to do that. He might make Mitchell sub again, I guess, but I don't know. I like I like the mix that we've got at the moment, and I'm not 100 percent sure where McGlynn slots in there. I don't think necessarily think we need him forward with Heaney and Rowan, um, and I I don't mind the idea of him tagging someone, but I like that we sort of played our game a bit more of late. Um, we've been able to do
2: that because the opposition has been like witches hats and we could play the game of play I don't know I just think maybe
1: I'd rather go down doing that though than playing that defensive crap we were playing earlier in the year no
2: definitely but I don't know like he's still attacking as well but he can also defend if one of the players really does get out of hand one of their midfielders I think I'd feel a bit better knowing that you know, maybe we can have someone who can tag or, or something.
1: I don't know. The last final I he, he shat the bed. So I'm a bit wary of rushing him back in. But, yeah, I am i don't know. I think, I, I think McGlynn will play. If I had to guess what they would do, I think they'll make three changes and drop Lloyd Towers and Jack through injury. There's a bit McGlynn of
2: a in. debate going on. Uh, Jones or Lloyd?
1: I think Jones is – actually been underrated on our board, something shocking. Um, I'm surprised by that because I think his defensive work is exceptional. He's a bullet a gate. He actually has a good kick, so I don't know where this idea that he's rubbish from. He's a great kick, from. yeah. Um, he's kicking better than Lloyd. Lloyd's Lloyd, who I think actually at his best as a skillful player, seems to have lost his ability to kick the footy. And I think that Reece Shaw has been able to push a little bit further up the ground, provide a bit of drive, because Zach Jones is back in his spot from earlier in the year. So to me, he's a no-brain selection. I don't even know why he's considered... Yeah. Droppable. I think Lloyd's out for McGlynn if you want to bring him in because Towers, I have no faith that he's going to give me what he gave me last week given his other 20 games have been shit.
0: I agree with S ones. I think there will only be two changes this week. Personally, I think it will be Towers and Jack out for McVeigh and Smith. As much as I can see the bright side bringing McGlynn in, I don't think he's had enough games in the reserve to justify his fitness and... Yeah. Two, I think you needed a couple more. Was it was one
1: it? and a half, though? Yeah. I think McGlynn will only play in the finals if we lose week one, is my prediction. Otherwise, put a line through him. Because you right. can't carry half the players into September. And if you want to get Jack and Parker in... And I'd gonna... be
0: very reluctant to drop out Lloyd when going over to Subiaco as he gives us another running option in our midfield.
2: Yep. He barely yep. runs, in my opinion.
0: Lloyd, He's, 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 strug- more...
1: he's struggling, but... And he deserved to be dropped, but he played an all right game. But I mean, the other one, I guess, going back a little bit further out of form was Cunningham, if you wanted to start cutting players. But he was good on the weekend and in the been last good few weeks. Stop shitting the bed.
0: And not to mention, Cunningham can give us a defensive midfield option on heel. So.
1: Oh, no, yeah, but I'm, I'm thinking further back against in some of our losses. Cunningham looked like <laughs> you'd seen the boogeyman at half <laughs> the way he was playing the footy. It was terrible. Okay. But, no, he's been good. So, eventually, I mean, sometimes we're too keen to bring in basically the same 22 who, again, shat the bed last year. Why? Why don't we want to see Jones out there and Brandon Jack and guys like that? They're playing. They're performing. They've done all you can ask of them. So, to rush McGlynn back, I think, it's just going, harking back to a prior year. I think he, he's a handy depth player at the moment. So is Craig Bird. That's what they are.
0: Now, final predictions for this week?
1: I was I tipped Frio about ten minutes ago, but look, Vaughn swayed me a little bit. I did, I want to go with the hard. I think. Yeah, I think I think we can win. I but,
2: think if our final, yeah, sorry, keep
0: going. Oh, I didn't have anything else to say. <laughs> How many points? How many points? Yeah, that's uh, what I was waiting
1: for. I think I think we're gonna a goal either way. Whoever wins, will win by Let's a goal. Let's
2: do a goal. Let's have some kind of. Like, bet going on. How many do you think – what do you think Reed's going to kick? How many goals, how many behinds? And then we'll think of a penalty for whoever is the furthest off.
1: Okay. Well, Reed will kick one goal four.
0: <laughs> Two goals three. <laughs>
2: um, one goal three.
0: Yep. Okay. okay.
1: What's the penalty? You I don't know.
2: <laughs> Living in Tasmania. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. personally this week I think it will be the Swans by 19 points I, I like our chances I think we're in decent form I don't rank three form Vaughn final prediction uh, Sid-
2: I've said this all podcast Sydney by four and I just want to say that to all those listeners, if you're quite bored, I suggest you go on over to the Richmond board. They're having a bit of a wank over themselves. It's quite enjoyable. They're frothing at the idea of meeting us in week two. And uh, yeah, something to pass the time. It's a pretty funny read.
1: If you're out of JFK documentaries, do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, thanks for listening. Ghost Ones and good night.
1: Bye.